welcome to Road to Blake Street, I guess being called this time, um, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other two are just three are along for the ride. Uh, Tyler, say what's up. What is up? And we are joined by minor league royalty, Stephen Rice and Johnny Bravo. Um, what's up, fellas? Hey, how you doing? Good to see you, man. You know, out of the out of at least the two of us, Steven's much more likely to know what banter is than me. <laughs> Yeah, he's just being nice. <laughs> I mean, Johnny's on a high, a high right now. Dude, man was on the MLB pod talking about Fresno, the to- tequila. Um, was it? It's not tequila throwdown. Tequila fest. Yeah, tequila um, fest. Yep. So got to go on with Ben and all that. Um, yeah, man, it's been an exciting couple months. Like I was like, is that really say Johnny Bravo? I was like. That can't be that can't be my Johnny Bravo. That's not my Johnny Bravo. And then, sure enough, <laughs> there he is. Just it was fantastic, and, right? I know, and I I know. I wish I don't know if they have it on video, but I was listening to the pod. But like this mustache, if you are listening, you need to just go stop by the YouTube because this will be posted, and you need to it's see exceptional. Like, Johnny Bravo. You know, something different for the offseason, right? You know, got into the offseason, was like, you know, how can we kind of mix it up, keep things fresh? Um, and I, you know, I, for one, thought it wouldn't last more than a couple of weeks because totally expected the girlfriend to be like, no, awful. <laughs> and go figure, you know, however many months later, we're still here and kind of see how long it can make it to season. I've, I've noticed, you know, we were kind of talking before we started recording around this time, stuff starts to get a little bit more intense. We start to get into season and I've developed this nervous tick where i start to like pick it in oh, um, yeah. so you might find me with like a huge bald patch come beginning of April. Um, <laughs> we'll see it's nice too because now he looks like our agm a little bit and we always kind of give some smack about it so now we have a couple guys who have some great mustaches and then our our president has a nice beard so mm-hmm. everyone yeah. you know that has some royalty in here has some nice stuff going on when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> love that <laughs> it, it looks good i'm, I'm glad you, you have it i'm glad i'm gonna get to see you. it here um this is awesome and yeah we were just talking about like this is kind of our inaugural or yearly hey baseball is right around the corner sign like this is third year going into it you guys are family of the pod like you guys are right up there with dukes and like we are getting all up in it so I guess let's just expand on kind of what we were talking about off camera. Like how is the stress level going into it from a front office point of view? Cause we see the spring training, we see the ballers balling out. We see all the chaos that's happening on the field, but like behind it, there's still 15, 20, 30 guys, 30 people doing work. What does it yeah. look like as we get closer and closer to that date? Absolutely. You know, like you said, yeah, it's stressful, but it's an exciting stress, right? You know, knowing that is of when we're recording, we're 33 days away from first pitch out here at Chickchancy Park. Um, you know, once the calendar starts marking a hundred days until first pitch, it's okay, here we go. You know, you better start picking it up. At this point, things are running full cylinders. So, you know, our ticketing guys are still here making calls, even though it's 6 p.m. local time here. It's really feeling like baseball season. There's a bunch around the office that you know you usually don't get until baseball season starts or just before baseball season and it's a really really good time to be here you know i love it because our media has been really adamant about just making sure that hey baseball's here when can we go we want to get to games as fast as possible you know from the promos to the team in general everybody's super excited about it and it's the first time we've seen in a couple years now where really everything is now starting to kind of come in place and it feels really normal but it's also a nervous normal which is not Mm -hmm. a bad thing (laughs) 
no like yeah seasoned vets right like you you you've been around the block a few years now like because you both started that first year right that 2021 or were you around I, for a little bit before that i was i was there before i started as an intern in 2016 so i've been okay I've been around the block a little bit longer than jonathan <laughs> i mean he's been here long enough now where he's got the system down and it's nothing new to him yeah right. but you know i started or i got hired february of 2020 you know yeah, so before everything hit the fan so you've got to imagine 2020 was a really weird year 2021 starting with you know limited capacity was kind of weird 2022 you know some st- other you know kind of weird things where you know again 2023 it's really starting to feel like okay this is what it's supposed to feel like there's definitely a buzz around town you know it's really fun to you know wherever you look whether it's online or you know even in billboards around town to see oh my gosh there's the fresno grizzlies it must be almost time for baseball mm-hmm. season and you know we've got more people asking us every day of, oh you know how many days until first pitch or you know well when is you know your marvel's defenders of the diamond night stuff like that um it's really starting to feel like baseball season yeah and i think this is the season of of all gas no breaks that's how i feel about it at least i feel like i'm a kid again with this season we've had we've had two really weird starts back to back uh or uh, yeah yeah i mean it's been crazy for years and now it's just like full go so yeah i I can't even imagine the buzz you know i i wish i was feeling your guys buzz because you know and i think it's crazy for me crazy about it too is that with the time clock now in spring training we've dealt with the time clock for years now and so to be honest it feels normal to us where it's like wow now major league (laughs) baseball has this going on it kind of goes wow we have to get ready for our time clock and everything in between with that kind of stuff so it really is nice well it's fun to watch Mm -hmm. the world baseball classic too you know and be like okay there is baseball it's right around the corner obviously the spring training you know is really fun to get to see all the players report but there's people playing meaningful games right now um obviously all the spring training games are meaningful you guys know what i mean but um, it's really cool to get to see that and be like, okay, you know, we're up next. We're ready to go. You know, come at us. We're ready. April. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're still ready. We're still down here doing our work here. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, and you both just set me up for a segue. So I think I'm going to go with Johnny there first. Like I saw on your Twitter, you had, you got to create that world baseball classic with the Fresno, um, Fresno former players and where they're at and where they're playing. Like, another just notch on your belt like this is awesome type thing like what's that all about like how did thank you was that your idea did that come from above like what was what was the deal with behind that sure absolutely so you know one of the things we're really passionate about is an organization being in our 25th season now as a fresno as the fresno grizzlies we've got a lot of history right um we've had you know obviously the huge names where you've got your buster posies tim linscombe mass and bum gardeners haven't come through fresno but you know we've really had a whole lineage of players that we always try to pay tribute to whether it's the world baseball classic or even you know if two non-affiliated or non-grizzlies affiliate teams are playing in the world series we always try try and call out, you know, hey, these guys did make it through Fresno because mm-hmm. we're really extremely yeah. proud that all of our players are farm grown in the Central Valley and then get to continue up to those next levels. You know, on a personal note, getting to do the World Baseball Classic graphics. I mean, I said in my tweet, right, where if you told, I think I said 13-year-old Johnny of, you know, hey, you'll actually have the 80-page brand identity guide from Major How League Baseball so um, to go yeah. through and help create the graphics 
for the World Baseball Classic, I, I wouldn't believe you, right? Like, yeah. what a phenomenal <laughs> opportunity. And, you know, Stephen did the heavy lifting of finding all the players, cross-referencing okay. our all-time roster with who's on the um, current World Baseball Classic rosters. And it was really a team effort, for sure. It was, I mean, it was so much fun to see it. But I, the, my favorite thing was watching JB literally show me the guy that they had. I mean, they had everything from size of fonts or something yeah, like, like that. I, I don't know exactly <laughs> what's proprietary to what isn't, but it, to the point where the stroke around the font was different depending on what size font you used. Um, where wow. it's stuff like that, it was so detail oriented, which was really cool to get to see. Wow, you know, there's a lot of resources put into this event as there should be. You know, it's really the way I was describing it to my girlfriend is, you know, it's really the World Cup of baseball, right? How often do you get to see, you know, Team Italy and Team Israel and uh, obviously team united states all go against each other and you know a preseason tournament is really something special and it's fun seeing the former players too from garrett stubbs who you know i didn't know he had lineage of back with his great grandmother i believe in israel to yeah uh, jamie you know jamie rich who played for great who's playing for great britain and these guys who just you know played a couple years with us now all of a sudden it's like wow i didn't know that mm. this was an upbringing that you had and now it's like wow i get to know these guys even more at this level that's like one of my favorite things, like seeing some of these names on those teams, like how, and then it's like, yeah, grandmothers, mothers, uncle or something like there's like these weird lineages. It's so much fun, like seeing where they come from. Like Lars Newtbar was is Japan. on the J Jap Japan team, right? And there's like, yeah. really that guy? And then sure enough, there, there he is. So it is fun and it's, it's cool. It's crazy that like they sent you all that, like that would be just as a baseball fan, like there's no way you're not geeking out about something like that. That's, Absolutely. that's sweet. Well, and it's one of those things, you know, that I think we can at least partially contribute to Major League Baseball having a very heavy hand with the MLB PDL and mm -hmm. Minor League Baseball. You know, those are the things that that's just one example of the multiple things that the league sends us throughout the season to, you know, not only make sure that all the teams are using consistent branding, using the consistent toolkits, yeah. but, you know, also gives us the tools to be able to put that thing together. It would have been very easy to just have it be, you know, Chichancy Park in the background and use our fonts and boom done call it good but they are providing us the tools to get to create these really unique on-brand graphics which you know on my side on the director of marketing side i really appreciate because it makes it look like we are completely aligned with the tournament which we are um so it's really a nice added benefit of getting to be part of the whole major league baseball um umbrella and it gives me a reason to stay up till three in the morning so <laughs> <laughs> right right I I feel that <laughs> I love yeah. staying up late, but <laughs> do I really have a reason to be? <laughs> Usually not. Um, and then for you, Stephen, like we got started by fighting over you with Patrick Lyons, and, yeah. and like he's a family of the pod too, so it's all good. But like, so you guys, I guess just let me get my thoughts together. Lessen the worry, lessen the chaos of everybody that doesn't follow minor league baseball. And that is Major League Baseball and how all these rules really aren't that bad. Pitch clock, the throwing over, the bigger bases, like you all saw that for an entire season firsthand in the flesh. Like how, like, just calm everybody's nerves. Like this is still baseball. Yeah. But still like, baseball. chill yeah, out, dog. <laughs> so, you know me, I'm, I'm an old school baseball heart. I'm, I'm love everything about old school baseball but the things that have now been put into place 
are good for baseball. I love, first of all, that they've eliminated shifts. Now there's still teams figuring out ways to go around that. I have seen that happen, but as a whole is allowing hitters now to go back and hit the way they are and allowing pitchers now to say, all right, there, you don't have to shift, get this really good hitter out with the regular spot that everyone's going to be at. That's really good because then it allows for more offensive possibly, but also allows to see better matchups between pitchers and batters. And to be honest, I love the idea that you have to have specific people placed in certain areas the whole time, because even though if you do want to do a little bit of a shift, then it allows you to kind of be creative of where you put your players mm-hmm. and you allow to see guys do what they can in the field on top of it too. The bigger bases so much better. It's a safety hazard when they have the smaller bases. With bigger bases now, it allows guys to, especially at first base where the fielder can be on one side and the batter and the runner can kind of hit the other side. And there's not going to be guys where you have a Tim Hudson incident where you step on a guy and his ankle, you know, gets injured and stuff like that. So it's a really good thing to have that. And to be honest, from our vantage point, especially at our ballpark, you don't really notice that the bases are bigger at all. I did not see a difference. No one else really saw a difference. And you've seen the pictures. They're noticeably bigger yeah. but at, from a from a fan point of view you don't really notice the difference and as a player point of view they love it so it allows for more stolen bases mike trout will maybe not break his hand now sign a second base and it's allowing these players to be healthier and to steal more bases as we've seen zach veen do all the time so far in spring training and then the best thing about all this is the time clock the we've best had this thing <laughs> all right there's our headline the Tiger best thing happened to baseball there yes. we go we could probably do an entire podcast on steven just talking about the time clock to be honest let's, greatest let's thing go i might come down to the um, block who gets dinner or something i'll come back one of <laughs> yeah. these to settle it's, down it's amazing i mean we've had it for years now and what i love about it is when you have a game that's 30 minutes shorter and you still have the same amount of runs i think there was a stat that i just saw on twitter uh this morning where it in spring training same amount of runs same amount of hits and the games are 30 minutes shorter so you're getting more action in short amount of time how is that not more fun i know um, and on top of it too it allows all the little antics that bother us from a pitcher stepping off multiple times to a batter doing little dances that don't seem relevant or taking his batting gloves on and off that that stuff can get very obsolete at this point and when you get rid of that and just says all right Give me your best spot. And if you can't figure out your pitch in 13 seconds, advantage one to the other. And I think that is such a cool mind game. I know the Rockies and our coaching staff over the past couple of years have practiced that in spring training, despite it not being at the major league level. So these guys are ready when they come here. Mm -hmm. And it's been an advantage for us over the past couple of years. We've had the fastest time of game over the past two years. And on top of it too, we've only had nine to 10 violations in the two years combined. So you right. won't see the craziness of a game ending in a tie with that kind of stuff. And at the same time, too, at some point, everyone's going to get lenient on it, and it's going to go back to where everyone's going to feel comfortable. And as long as you have the right time clock person running it, you're in good shape. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the other thing that people forget when it comes to the pitch clock, like you're not throwing signs down anymore. You have the pitch calm that's giving you those signs, and it's coming right to you right away, and you don't have to play the mind game, switching up everything, too. So, like, right here it is. Throw it. And like you can still shake it off and figure it out like that. Like that just yeah. So the, I mean, I mean yeah, the, pitch comes, the pitch comes interesting. I know our team didn't use it as much last year, um, as compared to some other teams, because we want our catchers to be able to call the game from Drew Romo in 2021 to Braxton Fulford last year. They wanted them to call the game so they had the comfortability with the pitcher. Mm-hmm. And so to be honest, it didn't really matter because 
both guys had an idea of what they wanted to throw. And if it was kind of one of those things where like, all right, if the first thing I put down is not what it is, then just throw something else and I'll be ready for it kind of thing. And everyone was really comfortable at some point with it. So even with Pitchcom or without it, it's still not a factor with that time clock. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I was going to ask about you know, the violations because in the probably dozen minor league games I, I was at last year, I saw maybe two, which yeah. was each one was kind of like a, uh, okay, that was really weird and interesting, but you know, it's, right. it should be very infrequent. And yeah. I, th- I think that's something that did get blown out of proportion initially because we've seen quite a, a, you know, a large handful already in spring training, but I would hope maybe one a week per team, like once things get rolling, if that. I mean, it is that. And I mean, the biggest things, a lot of our violations that happened were early on in the year with guys getting used to it or Mm -hmm. just guys trying to get used to it. And umpires, because every crew is different. Every time clock person that's running the time clock is different. Um, And so these players had to get used to it. Zach Veen's one of his first strikeouts in pro baseball was because of the time clock. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's one of those things where you just have to adjust and the big leaguers are adjusting. This is the time for them to adjust. And as long as they have an idea of what the umpires want, it shouldn't be a big issue at all. All right. So heard it here first. Pitch clock is good for baseball. So (laughs) there it is. And I I agree. And I think you and I are in the same mindset, traditionalists and love the baseball, love the mind games. But there is a certain point where just three and a half hours, especially for me, like as an East Coast fan of a fan of a mountain time zone, it is so hard to stay up for those times to like see the whole game. Like nobody really cares. Like, honestly, like it needs one through four, one through five, like give me a game that starts in the sixth inning and let me finish it. And it's so hard to finish those games as a fan. And now that I can, like, it's so much better and so much nicer. Um, What about like from the team standpoint, like concessions? So that's always the old heads, fun argument to bring in. Yeah, but they're going to lose out on so much money at the concessions. They got to stop selling beer at the seventh inning, blah, blah, blah. I have my point of view from a fan perspective, but like from a, see uh behind the scene part of the team like what do you see like on that side and how can you shut up those haters sure yeah you know i personally don't have you know the numbers from pre-time clock to post-time clock for us um i did see i think it was a baseball america article earlier this week or last week that said there was really no difference between pre-time clock to post-time clock and at the end of the day you know the really good point that article made which we put into words kind of what i've always felt is that you know fans are going to stay two and a half hours let's say no matter if the game is in the sixth inning or the ninth inning right so with this um time clock but the game's going faster it means more fans will get to stay for the end of the game um which is really really good for you know maybe that little kid whose bedtime is you know he has to be asleep by 9 30 at night in order to wake up for school the next day, we're finishing finishing these games by nine nine thirty, which mm-hmm. means I get to see the entire baseball game. Yeah. Really, really good for you know the young individuals who are trying to get to know and love baseball, right? Um, so you know, in terms of a effect, I guess you could say on our fan base, if if anything, it's been positive because yeah. it means that people do get to stay to the end of the games. We run the ba- we have um, fans yeah. run the bases after every single game out here at Chick Chancey Park. 
ballpark and to get to see uh, you know fans get to do that and it not be 11 11 30 at night yeah. is great right yeah. because it means that there's more kids out here there's more people who you know aren't exhausted from not only working a full day but then coming out to a three and a half hour you know a baseball game um a, to get to stay for the true experience right because especially in minor league baseball that's what we're trying to provide you know yeah there's an awesome baseball game on the field. You know, all of us on um, this video really care about what happens on the field, right? At the end of the day, though, we want to be able to provide a full experience from the moment the fans park their cars to the moment they leave at the end of the night. And mm -hmm. again, to have them stay for the entire game and not leave in the seventh or eighth inning because, oh, yeah, it's getting late. The game looks like it's, you know, kind of done. They might change their mind because the games are going so much faster. And to add on to it a little yeah. bit too is our, you know, uh, that article that you're talking about, they said in the article that a lot of people are already at concession stands in general. So what's really going to hurt someone that's already going to be there if a game's a little bit shorter too. I mean, and the, of course, when you said running the bases was exactly what I was thinking. It's <laughs> a huge thing for a lot of fans, whether you're young or old. I mean, we have tons of pictures of people just smiling because they get a chance to do that with their family and friends. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, as a dad of a five-year-old and three-year-old, I was more inclined to go to games last year on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night that started at 6.30, going like, all right, I could get most of this game in. We could leave at 8, 8.30. Maybe we stay, see where it's at, see how they're doing, and then we go. Like, I was I was at the ballpark midweek the most last year with kiddos than I've ever been in the past. So, like, that was definitely running through my head. Like, all right, my kids can actually enjoy this. I can enjoy it. And we can all be part of it together. And it, like to your, exactly to your point, like it's, it's real. Well, I think there's an argument in that, or in that statement itself, right. That you might not have gone to those games at all. Right. right. You exactly. Might have thought, uh, you know, why am I spending the money? Why am I spending the time to go out on a Tuesday night when I'm going to have to leave in the sixth inning? You know, yeah. it's, it's not the experience I want. Whereas now you have the ability to make those decisions of, you know, it is a Tuesday night, but, you know, we'll probably be home by nine, nine thirty and not feel bad about leaving in the middle of the game. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, one of the big things that I know Major League Baseball is pushing is growing the youth interest in the sport because yeah. it is a. Uh, part of the game that is struggling and this is such a good way to do it it is such a good step to make sure that kids are able to stay for the entire experience and one thing too about a front office as well too is that when a game finishes earlier and we maybe have a day game the next day i know hartford has a lot yeah. of day games and they start you know 11 a.m if they're not getting their game done until 11 o'clock the night before before the time clock now they have a small window to get, be ready for the next game now i'm getting home at 10 30 o'clock you know 10 30 11 o'clock yep. i'm getting home which means i get to sleep a little bit more and come in and be ready for it instead mm -hmm. of what it's been in the past yeah it's a nice work-life balance for everybody involved like it really it really is a nice thing as experiencing at the minor league level mm -hmm. like it was great and so i'm really curious how it plays out at the major league levels um because i saw the tigers like that's the team i'm going to watch it's they moved all their games from 705 start time to 635 start time along with the two and a half hour average time like you can go downtown detroit and be out of there by 10 o'clock and like that allows so many so much more flexibility so like I, a lot of people are against like no there's no way fans want this blah 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 i think you're gonna see an uptick in a lot of like just everything all around but um so you heard it here first not on the dnvr podcast that is what we do here at blake's <laughs> banter so you're well 
Patrick, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. So yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely get on Patrick's pod and go expand some more because he, he'll probably have more questions, better questions than we do. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk Prezzo. Let's talk Grizzlies. Let's get into the, that kind of stuff. Um, I have so many questions. I was thinking of a fun way to do it. I don't think I have anything for this, but I think the next segment I do. Um, the promotion schedule. So I'm looking at it like there's promotions at the ballpark, then there's promotions that have nothing to do with baseball. Like talking, like going back to what we started with, um, the tequila, tequila fest. Mm-hmm. I have this big question: What the heck is pickle palooza? <laughs> On May, it's like a May. I had it May uh, May twenty eighth. May 28th, because I got super stoked because the yard goats have a bouncing pickle identity now. And then I literally saw like the next day or two that Fresno's got the pickles going on. So I, I'm just constantly refreshing the topes and the Spokane, like seeing if there's anything coming up. But like, what is Pickle Palooza? And yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's one of those things that when we approach making our promotional calendar every year, you know, there's those dates that you're going to have every single season, right? You're going to have your Star Wars night, your Marvel's Defenders of the Diamond night, you know, all the ones that, you know, have to come back year after year after year and should come back year after year after year. But with every season, we want to try new things, right? Um, So whether that's our Swipe Right night, which is our take on, you know, kind of a singles night, dating night, or Pickle Palooza, like you said, Um, um, I mean, first off, it's a fun name and it's fun to say, and yes. I, I would be lying if I didn't say that that helped, um, uh, you know, decide to do it. Um, there's a lot of different avenues that we're planning to take with us. I mean, the concession stand thing is, you know, top of mind, right? Where what can we make that's pickled flavored on the concession stand side of things, even if it's a little weird, you know, um, years ago we had the chickle, which was a, a I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a chicken sandwich in a pickle, right? hundred percent. In a pickle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was one of the weird food items we did a yeah. few years back, which helped inspire this. I, I, the other thing is that pickleball has it definitely taken off in California, if not across the United States. Um, we have a really, really great partner in Fresno Social Sports, which runs a lot of adult leagues yeah. out here in the Central Valley um, and trying to find a way to potentially incorporate pickleball as well. Um, so one of the fun things with broad names like Picklepalooza or Pajama Jam, Pajama Jam is uh, we can kind of have a lot of creative freedom as to what we want to apply for those individual theme nights. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Now, now, one thing too, though, is I hope that there's not Oreos and pickles involved. We have tried it. Uh-huh. That's so, right. Yeah, so just, just so you're aware. So you, if you haven't tried it, yeah, you got to try it. Yeah, I think that was last year's spot. I think we uh, yeah. it was yeah. right before we did this last year. So. That sounds real. I think you're Probably right. right. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe that's a food challenge in the middle of the third or something. Like, who can eat Absolutely. the most pickle Oreos <laughs> without throwing up before right. whatever? Um, Tyler, what were some of the ones that stood out to you on that promotional calendar? I mean, I, I, we need to hear a little bit more about Tequila Fest. Like there's, that's another broad one. Yeah. There's, there's some possibilities there. What are the plans? 
Sure. So Tequila Fest is actually a non-game day event. Um, so okay. one of the really unique unique things about having such a large, versatile ballpark is that when there isn't baseball happening here, chances are there's another event happening at the ballpark. So, you know, we're extremely proud to open our doors um, to well over 200 events every single year. And that's everything from nonprofits um, ho hosting their fundraisers out here to something as extreme as Taco Truck Throwdown and Tequila Fest. So for Tequila Fest, we've got T.I., Rick Ross, and Lil John headlining it, When which when wow. they told me that headline, it was like, what? how the heck did we get all three of these in the same building? Um, so, you know, that's definitely the leading um, topic of conversation whenever we talk about Tequila Fest, but there's going to be a lot of great tequila tastings, a lot of great local music, local vendors, um, food trucks, of course. It, this event is under the Taco Truck Throwdown umbrella, um, so it's kind of like a precursor for this year Here's Taco Truck Throwdown, um, but in the middle of the season, whereas with Taco Truck Throwdown is in October. So extremely excited for it. You know, to be, really, I feel shows that Chickchancy Park is a place where, you know, these massive events can come, right? We've got a lot of great local arenas in the Central Valley, um, and we're extremely lucky in that aspect. And we're very proud to be able to say, yeah, we're one of those two. We're going to have these three massive names out here on May 20th. That sounds fun. I would do that. And then the big one that st stood out, uh, Savannah Bananas. So they're doing their first year of traveling America and you're hosting them. Is it one day or is it a few days? Um, yeah, oh, one day here in Fresno uh, yeah. in mid-July, you know, it's going to be really, really special. Eh? Obviously, we're people who have followed their story like crazy just yeah, because what they do is so unique. It's so good for the game of baseball as a whole. I, I mean, I know I personally am really excited to kind of not, I don't know if shadow's the right word, but watch what their entertainment people do, What yeah. watch what their production yeah. people do, because, you know, even though, yeah, we can't have a rule where if a fan catches a fly ball, it's an out here with the Fresno Grizzlies. We should absolutely be taking inspiration from what their mindset is of, you know, fans first and that everything they do, they do with a purpose to make sure that the experience out at their ballpark is the very best it can be. So mm -hmm. we're very excited that they'll be able to, you know, transform um, Chickchancy Park into their home ballpark for an evening. And it's cool too because the players are actually legitimate mm -hmm. ball players. They're not just right. actors that are just putting on some fun stuff. These are legitimate ball players who were very good athletes uh, when they played in college who want to continue playing their baseball career, but now they have made it into a really fun event for everyone to enjoy. And I mean, the amount of attention and people mm -hmm. saying, I'm going to Savannah Bananas. <laughs> That is really cool for us because now our ballpark being one of the biggest ballparks they're going to, too, yeah. we get to showcase what it's all about here. And with all the new things we have at this ballpark, come on now. Why would you not want to have a great event here? Mm -hmm. Is there going to be a logo com 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 being combined? Like, am I going to get a taco hat with a banana in it? Or a be eating banana? Cool. That's something we can absolutely ask them. I think that would be cool. Um, yeah, you know, it's really a unique event for us because uh, the way they're handling their tours, they bring everything, everything from their ticket takers to their ushers to, oh, wow. you know, obviously the players and the coaching staff. So it's a 
full on production that's going on the road um, yeah. to all of these different ballparks, which it has to be right. You know, our um, abilities here at Chickasaw Park is very different than what the spring training facilities they're going to are able to do. So it's it's been really fun to get to see how what their thought process is. And it's going to be even more fun to get to actually watch them in action and put on the amazing show they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be that'll be sweet. Definitely jealous of that because I don't think they're making their way up to West Michigan. Well, uh, come on down to California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask later. <laughs> man, man is really, man is really tired right now. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, you so Steven, nice little segue there. All this stuff happening to the ballpark right now. So like last year, you guys put in the new speakers, um, the new scoreboard. You had all the new lights. Like you had all of these things. What's happening now? Um, I do. Let me ask this question first. Let's open it with this. And I apologize if I say his name right, but is David uh, Yacinto a little upset that you are just took away his baby after winning the groundskeeper of the year award? Like how, how mad was he? <laughs> He's not mad at all. I mean, okay. when you win an award like that, you better get a new field. Let me tell you that. So no, this okay. is a great thing for him. He's ecstatic about it. But I think at the same time, too, I think he is a little bit nervous because now this field is pristine. And I know that he wants to continue to bring that quality that he brings every day. And now he has to show it now with his new field. So <laughs> kind of a mix of emotions, but he loves it. Yeah. yeah yeah he's uh yeah he won the groundskeeper of the year for the cali league right and that's so that's that's pretty cool yeah. um I, what was it i was watching uh rexham the rexham thing and they put Absolutely. a new field out there and it was terrible the first few games like is there anything in the works to make sure that it can hold up to play like yeah, it will be good. That would good. freak so, me out. Like, I know, right? Well, I mean, that's how I was feeling last year when we were putting in the new video board of, oh my uh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. you ready? Is it going to turn on? Yada, yada, yada. Um, like, it's still kind of, you know, wake up in a cold sweat kind of deal. <laughs> um, but, you know, with the field, it's it, they laid the final piece of sod today. Um, okay, so, so it's finished. We'll have plenty of time to go ahead and root um it's raining right now which obviously water's good um for you know the grass to grow go figure um so if we're in a really really good place for it um it sounds like it will take a couple weeks for the roots to truly set in we have a soccer game on it march 22nd um which will be the first event on the new field um so you know although everything will go completely okay with it it will you know make sure that Everything's ready for baseball. Once um, the soccer match is done, they'll go ahead and take up all the sod covering the infield, which again, is really weird to look outside and say, wow, we've got a new um, field. I saw them lay the infield, but it's all covered in grass. Yep. Um, is really, it's really bizarre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it'll be good. It'll be ready to go for April 11th. Okay. Okay. I'll be nervous for you then. <laughs> oh, that such big things like that. Like, I get nervous. It's just, you never know. You just never know. Um, so, I mean, like on that topic, are you, you guys put in new speakers, had all the presentation, the picture in picture that you all did with your broadcast was sweet last year. Are you adjusting anything this year um, from last year now that you guys are going to have more eyes on you? So like MLB.com is allowing all subscriptions to watch minor leagues and three out of four Rockies affiliates are able to be watched. So more eyes on you. Um, I'm sure that's gone through your head. Like, is it any nervousness around that? Are you switching up anything? Because I've always loved your broadcast. It's always been great. Um, just like anything new in the works for that or 
Sure, absolutely. You know, so I, I think it's not quite as much uh, switching from uh, or switching to being on MLB.tv as much as we now have a full year of experience, both with the video board and our new production um, under our belt, right? Going into last year, we were so ecstatic to be able to put on the product we did, given that we didn't turn on the video board until the night before opening night. Yeah. Um, so so a little mad at that opening day walk off. I know. <laughs> I was I'm so upset. <laughs> I, I know, I know. So, you know, there were obviously a, a handful of hiccups at the beginning of last year, um, which unfortunately, you know, you talk about big projects like the field, right? That was a really big project where you're, uh, you know, redoing the infrastructure that's 20 plus years old at the ballpark. So uh, this year we've got new graphics packages for our broadcasts, both um, in park and what you'll see on MLB, MLB.tv. Um, so, you know, just continuing to refine that. We felt that we were in a really good place towards the end of last year with our broadcast so you know what else can we do now that we know how everything works you know we have a new camera angle behind home plate that we're really excited yeah. about our wireless cameras we're changing how we handle them because occasionally they would go in and out during broadcasts which we weren't thrilled with obviously so in making those tweaks during the off season to make sure that come april 11th where we've done everything we can to help hit the ground running um, with the best show we can provide and the crew that we have running it to is the best. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're fortunate to have a, a bunch of people who not only have years under their belt, but also have a passion for bringing that entertainment and that value. And the thing is too, is that if they weren't happy with what the product would be, they will find a way to make sure that product is perfect. And Jonathan and everyone else that has been behind the scenes, making sure that this happens, you guys are going to be in for a great, great season. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think Steven alludes to a really important, Thing that I want to make sure I know, and I'd be remiss if I didn't, that we have a phenomenal crew. The um, group that put in our video board, their company's name is um, Visua. Yeah. They have a um, different company called Virch. And what they focus on is your game day side of things, right? So Visua is the AV technology, making sure your video board turns on. Virch is the, okay, you've got all this cool tech. Now, how the heck do you use it, right? Um, so we work hand in hand with the entire team over there, and they're the ones who produce our games. And even though you know our technical director is sitting in a room in Wisconsin, um, he is able to produce games here in Fresno. Yeah. Um, and that's you know we're one of the only minor league baseball teams to have that kind of setup, and it, it really shows in our product, right? We're able to take these technical directors who are producing not only our games every season, but hundreds of games across the United States yeah. um, and provide their skill set for our show, provide their graphics, their transitions and expertise. It it really has helped take our show to the next level, both on the broadcast and in, um, in venue. And they're not here. And so mm -hmm. for them to still, and they'll still come down here to the ballpark and travel across and come hang out with us for a little bit. And they get to know our staff. They get to know our game day staff and they get to know you know, everyone in between and they're so passionate about it and they're miles away from us. Yeah. And we love that. Mm -hmm. It is amazing for what they've been able to do for us. Yeah, that's, that's fun. That's yeah, fun. You guys have one of the best just presentations I've seen in minor league baseball. So thank you. it's good to know there's even more, you know, ironing out that's being done. That's, that's yeah. exciting. 
I mean, some of the hype, like I've already seen our um, Rally ninth video, which is, you know, what we play when, although it doesn't happen often if we're losing going into the bottom of the ninth, <laughs> that means, you know, what we play to hype up our fans. And yeah. I mean, it is loads above what we've had in previous years, which is really cool, you know, to know that we've got this other team um, who we really treat as members of our front office, knocking out this content for us that, you know, we don't necessarily have the abilities to do in-house. Um, so we, we can absolutely expect a phenomenal product on the broadcast this year taking us behind the scenes all the way like of course uh, learn a little bit about Fresno, and then also learn a little bit how it's all being produced and stuff like i didn't know that like that's sweet <laughs> i just assumed like you're making the graphics and like Julian yeah. is sometimes just like <laughs> put it up there and see how it you goes. Never know. Hey, if you give him the opportunity, I'm sure he would. Yeah, yeah have you know a really good relationship where they'll handle all of the um, broadcast graphics, a lot of the um, video board graphics, and I'll handle a lot more of the day to day, you know, social media stuff you see, website things like that. Um, so it's really having an entire content creation team who isn't here in Fresno, which is really unique for us. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. Um, all right, let's uh, let's talk baseball. So some players coming in Fresno. Um, you talked to family of the pod, also K Dub, uh, for his purple row con uh, article about what to expect at Fresno. So um, I think I want to play a game with you. Um, me and Tyler will take turns giving you names. Um, confirm or deny. So I, I want to. <laughs> I'm seeing how much you're going to give me and or how much you well, know. We don't know our team, so they're all projections. So there's only so right. much we have to give. <laughs> yes, so but so, I can say if they're confirmed on my projection versus denying the projection. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, so this is this is um adjacent to a game that me and my friends play. It's like 0-1. Like, usually it's a beer related. So would you drink that again? One? Or would you not drink it again? Zero. So like it's something related to that. So maybe let's go zero one instead of confirm or deny. So we can't screen grab. It was confirmed by Steven. So I'll save <laughs> you in that. Confirmed, confirmed all of it. <laughs> Just... Zero is denied and one is confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like go all the way across it. So my first name, I think this is an easy one. Jordy Vargas. One. Yeah. Um, okay. And then all right it, starting at shortstop do we have mr ryan ritter zero one. one one okay all right this one i'm interested in gabriel hughes zero oh, kind of i figure with that one yeah. <laughs> does that make you sad yes because yes, i mean <laughs> One of the most polished pitchers I've seen come out of college in a long time. The guy has the build already. I mean, 6'5". I mean, the guy has a good downward plane, good fastball on it. He already is brilliant up here, too. That yeah. is the thing that I love about him. And he's he's a, I, like he's very quiet, but that's because he's learning about every single thing that he's doing. And I, I love that about him. Um, I wish we had him a little bit more. Uh, he is one of only two guys ever from Alaska to play for the Grizzlies in our team history. So uh, I wish we had a little bit more uh, chance to talk to him about that. And good for him. He's going back to his, his college stomping grounds for hopefully not that long. Probably not that long. But <laughs> good for him spending a little bit of time in Spokane again. Um, but kind of in his place, zero or one, Jackson Cox. One. I mean, when you talk about a guy fun. from, I want to say it's, is it Tootle High School or Tuttle High School? I, I would say one Tuttle. Of, 
yeah, your guess is as good as yeah. Ours. So I yeah. mean, I think I think he's here. Um, and I I think that at the same time too, I think he could be possibly the opening day starter if I had to guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah I can Heard see it first. Yeah, <laughs> there's our screen wrap. <laughs> potential. <laughs> we'll leave out the word potential that started that sentence. Right. <laughs> um, opening day starter. Uh, yeah, it's definitely him or Jordy that are start starting there. But it will. I have one too, so yeah. I I see that one too. Yeah. Um, Zach Agnos. One. Yeah, I I mean I, the thing is I I mean he's a two way guy. I mean they've been using him as a pitcher. But at the same time, too, I mean, he had a good bat in college. And so why not give him a yeah. chance at the field, too, if it comes down to it? I mean, he'll be fun. I think he's a middle middle relief kind of guy more than anything. Um, but if he has a good spring, you never you never know what can happen. I see him as a very similar Tyler Ahern kind of setup kind mm -hmm. of guy. Okay. So you definitely see him being in the in the arm bar instead. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, still a bit of a mystery, I think, to Rockies fans. Dion Jorge. Okay, one, but it's like a zero point five, and <laughs> no, that's not the game. You're not even playing it right. <laughs> one, if his visa clears and he's able to get over here. Okay. Yeah. Now you've actually heard it here first because that is a that like is thing. nugget that none of us would have remotely had a yeah you know key in on. Yeah, yeah. we talked to um Adam McKillican about that a little bit. He's a banter session coming up soon. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but his story about getting his visa and like almost signing with the Rangers before it's insane. Yes. I'm making you go listen to get the whole story, but it's <laughs> incredible. Like how much detail, like behind the scenes stuff has to be done by visa. And you have to be worried about it. Like, that's the thing. It's crazy. I know a lot of players who are still down in the DSL for the Rockies who aren't here and it's kind of like confusing. And then they go, no, it's a visa issue more than anything than them actually dominating. So it depends mm -hmm. for a lot of these guys, but I would say because of a visa thing, uh, but I would say one, if he's here. Okay. Okay. So, I still don't like the point five, but whatever, we'll let it slide. <laughs> um, um, Jordan Beck. One. And I, okay. I think that he could be the big pop, big bopper at the beginning of the lineup. Um, but he won't be here long. Uh, kind of a warming Bernabelle kind of situation where right. he'll prove what he needs to do and then he'll go back uh, to Spokane or even Hartford and do his thing. Okay. And I got, yeah, one more in, in here. Uh, kind of from the area, uh, Brady Hill. Not quite the area, but I mean, San, San Jose guy. Um, again, a two way player as well, too. Is two way at Washington State initially. Um, I'm going to say one as well for him. Um, and again, a guy kind of like Agnos, where kind of can do a little bit of everything. I think he goes in the arm barn as well. And he's okay. a, just, you know, give him some love out here. He's crazy because I, he, I, I've seen he can run home to first four seconds. That's elite. And mm -hmm. he can gun it up to 98 on the hill. And that you know, is pretty elite too. When you have a guy that has that ability and the Rockies are getting him in, is he's a mid round guy. He's not a guy that they got in the first couple rounds, which means teams were not high on him initially. And the Rockies just go, huh, cool. We'll go take him. And he's, he's put up amazing numbers so far in, in pro ball. So I hope that it continues uh, here in Fresno. Yeah. That would be so much fun to be that athletic. <laughs> and I think I say that at least like three times. <laughs> just being that athletic would be so insane. Um, so, all right. So the game's over. Nice job. I think you win. Um, <laughs> but like, do you, are there any like repeats you think that are coming back? Um, there's a few names I have in mind, but just kind of 
those yeah. names that you might be able to repeat seeing from last I, I I think the biggest one, and I don't know how much you guys know about this guy. Gabriel Barbosa is kind of my big name guy this year. Barbosa joined mm-hmm. us at the last week when Hughes joined us as well uh, for the playoff hunt. Uh, only 21 years old from Brazil. He's only one of two players in Grizzlies history, also from Brazil. So kind of cool stat with him as well. Um, but Barbosa was considered, according to Baseball America, the best control in the Rocky system. Um, well, I believe he only has 14 walks and 122 innings or something along those lines. Um, I know it's 122 or somewhere around there, but he uh, he is unbelievable um, as a pitcher. He's going to be a, probably a starter, can go five or six innings, still needs to build into his body a little bit. But join us at the end of last year. I see him coming back. But one thing I love about Barbosa, he speaks three languages, but he's also a good guy. Uh, fun little story with him real quick is that Last game of the season, team had already lost. Everyone's upset about it. He stayed after everyone else had left and cleaned the clubhouse before our club he got to it. 20 years old when he did that. Are you kidding me? Like, what kind of upbringing? I mean, that is an amazing upbringing right there for a guy to do that. Uh, We're so happy that he could possibly be back here, and I don't see why he wouldn't be. So Gabriel Barbosa is the first one. Another one you said was a guy who was here last year as well uh, that came up with Jordan Beck was Sterling Thompson. Mm-hmm. I see him as probably a guy that's a middle of the lineup kind of guy as well. How long will he be here? Probably not long at all, but the guy played third base when he was here and he was not a projected third baseman when drafted. So I don't know if they want to keep him at third or if they want to move him around the diamond or put him back in the outfield and see what he can truly do as a utility guy. But the bats already there. We saw it in the playoffs. He had a home run against like Elsinore. So I see Thompson back here. And then the final one, this is going to be a surpriser. Uh, arm barn guy is Francis Rivera, a uh, little sidearm guy, was really good for us um, in the back, back half of the season last year. The only reason I see him coming back is I think we need a guy to be a setup or a closer, and he was the most efficient last year. And age-wise, I think he still needs some growth when it comes to here. So I think he could start here as well. Um, and again, all projected. If I'm wrong, so be <laughs> Nice little disclaimer right there at the end. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we never get anybody like that. <laughs> we try to keep it, try to keep it honest, but it's always yeah. fun. Um, yeah, like it's kind of different because like you don't have like it's kind of your first year without like a Veen, a Montgomery, like that that star-studded guy. I mean, no offense to Gabriel Hughes, but like just first round pitchers don't get the same notoriety as that first pound first round uh, position player. Right. Like that's the saving grace. So it's not any of that. It's just like, it's kind of your first time, like not having that, that go-to Rockies prospect to see, like, I mean, it's just a little different. I mean, the cool thing too, is that we have a possible rotation where we have three guys in the top 20 or top 30 prospects. If you take Jordy Vargas, who's 13, Jackson Cox, I believe is now nine or 10. And then Carson Palmquist, the left-hander, who it has been similar to Chris Sale in terms of comp. Uh, he's 22, I believe. So when you have three of the top 30 in your rotation, come on. How is that not good enough yeah. to come see your team play? You know? <laughs> Seriously, the, the starting rotations across the board for the Rockies affiliates, <laughs> it's studly. So, and the fact that you're having a 19, 20-year-old going two, two out of five days with Palmquist coming in there. It's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be interesting. Like, there's always gonna be reasons to show out. Like, whether it's the pickle palooza or is the <laughs> is the talent on the field. Like, it's it's gonna be a blast. And then 
if all else fails, you got Parker Bear running around somewhere, like exactly. just getting hugs. Oh, <laughs> so. so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, I think that's it. Like we talked Fresno. I think it's good. Is there anything else that we should know that we didn't ask? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing, you know, is that year in and year out, we are constantly trying to one up ourselves. Right. Um, so, you know, last year we took a huge, huge focus on reinventing how we did our game day entertainment side of things. Um, this year, you know, we're way ahead of schedule in terms of getting the word out about the team, yeah. um, you know, making sure that everyone knows what promotions are happening when and all that. So we're really looking forward to another incredible year. We, we truly think that this one, again, it's our 25th season as an organization, which we're extremely yeah. proud about. Um, and it's going to be one to definitely come out and see. Plus all of these absolutely phenomenal yeah. future Rockies coming mm-hmm. through here. It's going to be one to one to remember for absolutely. While. Actually, I changed my mind um, <laughs> after that beautiful speech. Was sure. great, I apologize. Well, I always like to end it with our banter sessions with the others. I don't know if I've ever asked you guys this. What's your favorite baseball moment, personal favorite baseball moment of all time? And you get to be completely selfish. It can be working with the Grizzlies. It can be playing Little League. It can be any of it. Um, but, yeah, let's go with that. Let's. I'm not going to do you dirty go like ahead, that. Go ahead, Johnny. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I think there's – two that come to mind for completely different reasons there's uh you know my uh, best memory in terms of like the sport right of yeah. getting to go what happened on the field um you know growing up in the bay area giants fan as much as i know that's potentially a sin on the podcast <laughs> um, uh, but getting to go nld uh, nlds game one in 2010 watching yeah. tim lincecum just absolutely show up was absolutely incredible so you know yeah. is sitting right behind home plate for that one was a memory that is like yeah, that's right. This is why I'm a baseball. <clears throat> this is why I'm a baseball fan. It's these moments. Um, mm-hmm. professionally, you know, a home opener in 2021 after everything we had gone through. Um, you know, to be able to say, yeah, we're still here. Baseball still exists. Um, you know, obviously making it through the 2020 um a no season, right? Um, and even though it was a limited capacity, still to be able to have that first pitch after that break is something I will literally remember for the rest of my life. I mean, mine similar to JB in terms of it. Uh, it's actually has to do with the giants as well. 2010 world series game (laughs) one and two, uh, one Uribe hit a go ahead home run in the world series. And I remember walking down the tunnel and just everyone won Uribe. And just, it was, uh, the sound, the electricity was something I'll never forget. Uh, but professionally, uh, it has to be in 2019, I got a chance to interview my dad for a pregame show for a broadcast and just sitting on the field. There was a picture taken of my dad and I and just being able to share the field with pops. Can't forget that. Yeah. Yeah, those are that's going to take the cake almost every time. Um, it kind of upsets me that other fan bases have game 163 moments like that <laughs> like the you the one you rebate thing that you just said that was game 163 afterwards like it was just insane <laughs> like i'm yeah. so glad i was there for that moment it's just yeah. to take over that feeling you will never forget that absolutely um, so it's i love it baseball's so much fun whether it has a pitch clock or not sport. it's a beautiful <laughs> sport. it's a fantastic game we could all find beauty in it uh fellas i love this i love you guys this was great Thank you for hanging out and um, let's go Grizz.
So Absolutely. Great. It's so, so good Fresno. to see you guys. Thank you so much for having us on as always. Come to Fresno. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm seriously considering it this summer. So if, if, Let's do if, it, man. if it comes to fruition, you guys are going to hear about it. Oh before, yeah. Before it's in action. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's make that happen. I'll talk to management later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Y'all appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks guys. Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.